0: You bow your heads one more time as we begin this morning. Gracious God, we are so grateful for. You have sought us first. And you came to us to reveal your love. And you have proven that your grace is indeed sufficient. Help us, Lord, in our daily life that we may reflect in such a way of our response, of our acceptance, of our gratitude, and our worship for you. Lord, I ask that you would speak to me and through me once more this morning. May we all leave this place having known that you have truly been with us. This I ask In your name, amen. I am not certain if I got the iPad correctly here, but if you could just follow along. I want to give a shout out to our tech team on the back that works so hard every Sabbath to ensure the service is the way, how we are experiencing it. And everything runs so smoothly. So thank you, AV team. Bread, as you see, is a staple of life, I would even add, since the beginning of time. If you travel to almost any country today in the world, and sit in any restaurant, and you will likely find some type of bread on the menu, some type of bread. You may not find any steaks or seafoods, but almost all perhaps serve bread of some kind. I know nowadays we have a number of growing different diets out there, right? There's the ketogenic diet, there's the paleo diet, and et cetera, et cetera. There there are a number of different no carbs diet out there. You could get away without eating bread, that is to say, in your diet, and it's, it's very much easy to do so. Lots of people do it. But regardless of our dietary preference, bread remains the one thing that most humans share in common. It comes in all shapes and sizes. It may be a tortilla in South America. You can go on to the next slide or a bagel in New York. In Georgia, it may look like a biscuit, and if you're in Asia, or from Asia, there's pita, lavash, naan, or naan, I think, roti, right? For my Indonesian brothers and sisters, in case you're thinking, oh, we don't eat bread, well, there's that bapao, panada, I mean panada, there's all the different kinds of, there's always bread. In Africa, they're called tapalapa, green mealy, chapati. In Hera, in South America, there's chipa, pande bono, pande leche, anything pande you can add, pande natella. And I apologize if I'm getting us all salivating this morning. And don't even get me started with Europe. We would be here for days talking about the different kinds of bread. It may come in different types of shapes and sizes, but it's all bread, and it's everywhere. Can you really imagine the world without bread? Neither can I. Perhaps the only difference I would add between the world today and the one that Jesus lived in is the fact that bread is much more of an option for us today, while it was food for them. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he's saying what food is to your body, I am to your soul. To the first century Christians, bread is sustenance. It wasn't just so much of an option on the table. It's their main course. As much as Jesus intended for the crowd who sought after him that day, He does intend for us the same today. But Jesus isn't just food we eat occasionally during Christmas, New Year, Easter, or communion. Jesus isn't just food we eat every week during church or whenever we feel nice enough to dress up and get up in the morning and talk to him. For us Christians, he is the food that sustains us He's the main thing that we need every single day of our lives if we wish to live. Church family, is Jesus your sustenance? Is He the one we seek after daily? Is He the first thing in our thoughts when we wake up? Is He the first thing on our agenda when we arise? Is Jesus the main course in our diet, or is He? perhaps just an option on the table. In a single statement, Jesus reminds all of us, I am the bread of life, that he is sustenance for all people, in all places, at all times. Amen. Yet he had to repeat it several times to the crowd, and yes, even to the disciples as well. Because let's face it, they weren't quite getting it. I would encourage you to turn with me to John chapter 6. We won't read it in an entirety, but I would just encourage you to read it perhaps at home in your study. They weren't getting it. John chapter 6 begins with the story of, that we know and hold so dear of how Jesus and his disciples fed 5,000, or at least the ones that were numbered, people with just a boy's lunch, a few loaves of bread, and a few fish. You know the story, there were 12 baskets of leftover, right? Everyone was full, they ate their fill, and they were satisfied. And shortly after that, when it's all said and done, Jesus withdrew from the place to the mountain by himself, and the next day the crowd went crazy. Where did he go? Where did Jesus go? Oh no, we lost the guy. Right? We had struck gold with Jesus, and now our 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 free meal ticket is gone. What are we to do? So they went looking for him. They searched for him, and they found him. Jesus knew exactly why they were there in the first place. Jesus knew why they came. They wanted all the benefits from being around Jesus, but necessarily not want him. I wonder if you can relate if we can relate as well. But Jesus said in verse 26, when they found him, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And then he says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has said, "His seal." I wonder at times if we're not any different—that in our obsession in, with the material things in life, we overlooked the spiritual, and somehow we've bought into Americanized the gospel, or somehow spiritualized the American dream. Dream, excuse me. You can take your pick. And somehow we've inverted the gospel more by inviting Jesus to follow us instead of us actually truly following him. But Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Not only what we do, but he knows why we do it. And while Jesus wants to provide for our physical needs, he does. He does have also something else in mind for us. He doesn't want To be just our genie. He doesn't want to be our friend with benefits or that free meal ticket. He wants to be our Lord and Savior in our lives. Our Redeemer and our friend. He wants us to follow him for the right reasons. And clearly, perhaps, at least in my study, this crowd didn't have the right reasons. They didn't quite get it. And in their confusion, you can see in the next following verses, they responded in verse 28. Uh, so what what should we do then uh, to be doing the works of God? And then Jesus says that this is the work of God, that you believe in him. Hint, hint, he's talking about him, whom he has sent. Church family, there is nothing you and I can do to earn salvation. We know that. It is God's precious gift to us. It's always been about what God did and is doing in our lives. It's simply in how we receive him and how we respond by believing in him, by accepting him as our Lord and Savior. But they didn't, if you read on, they still didn't quite get it. And it seems as frustrating to me at times when you read it, but it's often the place that I find myself to be as well. You could tell they didn't like Jesus' answer. They said to him, so what sign do you do then, do you do then, that we may believe you and, and you know, actually see, right? What work do you perform? Give us something so we can, we can actually see that you are who you really said you are. And then they had the audacity to say, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, um, as it is written, right, he gave them the bread from heaven to eat. Can you, can you at least do something the same again after having just been fed from the boy's lunch? Just find that very interesting. Do you notice what they're really saying, right? They're saying like, well, you know, Moses fed the people in the, with the manna from heaven. Can, can you just at least be as equal as Moses? Or, you know, can you just, can you just feed us? The problem is that Jesus wanted to be more than that one person we call on when when we need him. Don't get me wrong. He's there when we need him. But he wants to be more than our genie. He desires to be the main course in our lives. He desires to be the sustenance that we need. Then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And then Jesus says to them in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst, shall never thirst. But they didn't quite get it still. They grumbled again and even questioned his identity. So Jesus had to say it again, and just skipping a few verses down in verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and guess what? They still died. But I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And so they grumbled again, but this time they confused of cannibalism, right? My flesh, excuse me, what? And to which Jesus responds, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is food and my blood is the true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, and whoever drinks my blood, excuse me, abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the meaning of the bread of, that came down from heaven. Not like the f- bread that your fathers and your forefathers before you ate. And unfortunately they died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever forever. Amen? Amen? How many of you would like this bread daily? I know I certainly do. And I found this quote very encouraging from the book, one of my favorite books, Desire of Ages. To eat, she says, Ellen White says, to eat the flesh and drink the blood of Christ is to receive him as a personal savior. Believing that he forgives our sins and that we are, what? What? Complete in him. It is by beholding his love, by dwelling upon it, by drinking it in, that we are to become partakers of his divine nature. What food is to the body, there's that quote there, Christ must be to the soul. For food cannot benefit us unless we eat it. Makes sense. Unless it becomes part of our being. So Christ is of no value to us if we do not know him as a personal Savior, And here's the quote that I don't want us to miss. A theoretical, I can't talk. A theoretical knowledge will do us no good. We must feed upon him, receive him into the heart so that his life becomes our life. His love, his grace must be assimilated. A theoretical theoretical knowledge will do us no good. We must feed upon him daily. Now let me clarify a little bit. This is feeding upon him directly as we read scripture in communion with him. I don't mean watching YouTube of somebody else's preaching. Is that really looking at Jesus as our main sustenance? Not really looking at our favorite speaker and so on. all respect to them, but this is feeding upon him daily on his word. I just wanted to clarify that. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for the ability and the desire to eat. Amen? There should be more amens than that. Hunger is truly a gift from God. You can, we can say amen to that. gift for humanity. It's, a, it's built into our body. To remind us to eat. Because if you don't eat, we'll die. Well, We'll get really hangry first and then we'll eventually die a certain amount of days if you don't put anything in your body. But there is a spiritual hunger in our hearts. An eternal hunger in our souls that can never be satisfied with anything other than Jesus Christ, the bread of life. Can you really imagine the world without this bread? Neither can I. I want you to think about how bread is made for a moment. The process begins really when grain is planted in a field and when it's ripened, it must be cut down, ground into flour and made into dough. And then before it can become bread, it has to pass through the oven The fire. Jesus was planted as a seed in the womb of a virgin. He was born into this world and grew up. And when he was ripe at the height of his ministry, he was cut down, put through the fire of the oven on the shape of a cross for us. But he came out of an empty tomb as the finished bread of life. This morning, church family, the questions that I want to pose for all of us this morning. Are there other appetites and cravings in our lives today that may quench our hunger for what is spiritual and eternal? And ultimately, is Jesus truly our bread of life? Let me close with this story. After World War II, Europe was overwhelmed with the number of hungry homeless children who had been orphaned by the conflict. These children were placed in large camps where they received sufficient food and care, but the caregivers noticed that the children did not sleep well at night. They were anxious and they were fearful and restless. So the caregivers were stumped until a psychologist came up with a solution. The psychologist instructed the caregivers to give each child a piece of bread. Not to be eaten, but just to hold after they were put to bed. And the results they found astounded everyone. The children slept better through the night because they knew they would have food for the next day. Holding bread for these children gave them a sense of security, for they were safe. A sense of significance, somebody cared for them. this deep sense of satisfaction that there will be more bread tomorrow. Those things are what those children needed and that's what everyone needs as well. Church family, Jesus desires, he longs to be this bread to us, to all who receive him, to all who seek after Today, as we begin this new year, may we always remember that Jesus is our bread of life. He's the only bread that will suffice to carry, carry us through on our journey. He wants to be our sustenance, the main course in our lives. And my hope and prayer for all of us that we may never lose our hunger for him.